Welcome everyone. We're about to begin Be'ez Hashem. Shabbat Panimi for men, Shear number eight. And we talked last week about taking responsibility. And at the end of last year, we talked about how our Karas could help in fueling that the taking of responsibility could come not as a burden or as a bedieved, but rather as a opportunity and a joyful way of doing things that will give put simcha into your life. And we talked about how Rishmuel, Chaim Shmulevitz used to teach them to be excellent husbands by pointing out and noticing these things about your wife that would give you tremendous hakaras towards her. And the importance of chas and, and kala, as we know, the simcha, we dance before them and tell them kala no, the chasuda. And the mafarshim ask, why do we do that only? Why do we have to tell him the chasen of how beautiful and gracious the kala is, and why don't we also tell her how great he is? And the answer is that in fundamentally in a marriage, a wife derives much more of her chizik and of her chiyas, knowing that her husband adores her and loves her. That is a key to her happiness in marriage. You cannot meet her need or her needs, without constantly verbalizing your love and appreciation towards her. Incidentally, it's not the subject for now, but the physical intimacy aspects, sexual aspects, would get a lot better overall over time if the husband learns to fulfill her need of verbalizing your love and appreciation towards her. And even if it's like dragging teeth, and um, some say that it's constipation of the mouth, where husbands just have a hard time saying nice things, um, not because they don't have love in their heart, but they just to verbalize it for them as Gehenim for whatever reason. But if you learn how to overcome that, and to freely, and not be ashamed, and not be embarrassed, and just simply verbalize your love and appreciation for your wife, Things can turn 180 degrees for the better. And no matter what, by the way, you could give things and do other nice chasada for her, but warm words, one of those love languages of words of encouragement. And even if it's not your, her primary love language, but this is a fundamental, fundamental, fundamental need that every wife does need. She needs those warm words. You could be married 20 years and tell your wife you love her every single day, but you miss a week, she'll feel lost. She needs to thrive in that relationship with his ongoing verbal reminders of your love, of your appreciation, and how much you admire her and look up to her. That's a universal need among women. And if your wife is unhappy, that means it's possible that part of the reason why she's unhappy is she lacks that positive reinforcement. It'll help, by the way, some people think that because it's financially tight, so she may be frustrated or unhappy because she can't afford this or that. And that may be true. That could cause some tension. And we'll talk about financial distress at some point in time. Or other reasons she may be unhappy. 
But what's very key is, is that if you first check off this on the checklist to meet her needs by verbalizing your love and appreciation and admiration for her, it'll set other things also on the right track. He brings here an anecdote as follows. Two couples sought counseling. The first hus- the f- in, the, in the first case, the first husband was a scatterbrain. His shirt was never tucked in. He couldn't remember where he put things. He had a hard time sticking to one task, maybe ADD. That's the first husband. The second husband seemed perfect, extremely competent. Got off the kids to school, did the shopping, offered help. But neither wives were happy. Doling out constant loving praise did not come naturally to either of these two men. But the first husband tried it. His shirt was still untucked. Now, by the way, he should tuck in his shirt, but that's besides the point. We're trying to just bring an anecdote here that has truth to it. Though his shirt stayed untucked, his wife came around. The second husband refused to be so expressive. He accommodated her, his wife in every other way, gave her all the money she needs and, and the support she needs with the kids and, and, and everything, but the verbal expressions were lacking. She remained miserable. Then there is a third couple. Listen to this third couple story. The young wife was a brilliant person, talented person, energetic person. She was actually smarter, a lot smarter than her husband. He was a schlepper, and so she schlepped him. He was thrilled. She was ha- he was happy. He wasn't jealous. He didn't feel inferior. He was okay with that dynamic, and he was growing in the marriage, and he was thriving, and he, he, was, he was happy with it. She felt unfulfilled. Now, interesting enough over here, it wasn't that she was unfulfilled because she was smarter than him and she was unfulfilled intellectually because he didn't say his genius devotee or anything like that. No, that's not why she felt unfulfilled. When her husband was asked whether he ever commented on her beauty, on her charisma, on her intelligence, so he responded, of course not. Everyone else talks about how great and beautiful she is and wonderful she is. She knows how special she is. And she has so much going for her. She's the more talented one in in the couple here. She's much more geschick than I am, so to speak. She doesn't need me to tell her anything. That is a tremendous mistake. If you're in a matzah, by the way, and there are many like that, where you know your wife is has more kaiches than you, has more kishreines than you, is more, obviously, is beautiful and talented and has any, everything going for her. Whether she admits it or acknowledges it or not, she needs, no matter who she is, no matter how successful she is, no matter how beautiful she is, she needs to feel loved and admired by her husband. And that feeling needs to be conveyed verbally as well. So again, going back to the Shaila though, so why is it a mitzvah when you talk about Simchas Chassan and Kala, we tell the Chassan how wonderful the bride is? The answer is, is because by telling him how wonderful the bride is, is giving them both Simcha. He gets a Simcha from knowing how wonderful she is because she was told, he was told. And she gets a Simcha by him knowing this. That is a Chazal placed an unbelievable insight into the psychology of a woman that the woman has nachas ruach 
because other people told her husband, Kalanova Hasuda, and she heard this. She gets Sipaka Nefesh from her husband knowing by being told, and then later by him recognizing him himself of how special his wife is. Her simcha is derived not from knowing how special her husband is, but from his knowing how special she is. That is the Iker need for the wife. One very crucial time to really give your wife attention is when you come home. And it's hard sometimes. You had a long day. You're dead tired yourself. You just need to chill. You usually mumble a quick hello and then, you know, whatever it is. It's hard, especially if you had a stressful day. But nevertheless, do your best to come in, give that big smile, and give your wife simcha that way. The Rambam brings down that a wife should never look sad in his wife's presence. It's brought down in Hilchas Ishas, Perek, Tezvav, Halacha, Yotes. It's not easy, but we have to try to do that. To Even if we had stressful days and we're tense, to overcome that and to express with smiles and, 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 and warmth to your wife when you come home. Maybe you could die when you're on your way home to think it through. What could you talk about? Think about a compliment for your wife's beauty, her wit, her intelligence, how resourceful she is, her consideration, her kindness, her patience, other strengths. And by the way, we're talking about, obviously, everyone has flaws. So your wife has flaws too. And we'll talk about in other shiurim how to health, in a healthy way, deal with those flaws. But now is not the time. Now is the time to focus on the complimenting, on the positive parts to it to bring her up that way, to tell her she's a wonderful wife, she's a wonderful mother, she's a wonderful daughter, she's a wonderful friend, she's a wonderful neighbor. Take note of what she does for her, for you, for the house, for the children, and you have to thank her for it and do it sincerely. Now he explains why you need to prepare. So this is an interesting insight. So he gives an example. And by the way, when I'm giving these examples, it's could I just to... You, you, you could use your own ingenuity and your own thoughts and your own particular matzavim to use these examples that I'm giving and tweak it to the matzav that you're in, in your matzav that you're in, uh, in your daily real life. So here's one example. Imagine you're deciding to say, um, when you walk into the house, I can't believe that you found time to straighten out and make supper and the kids are all in bed and your multitask is amazing. Now, if you're thinking about saying that, the problem is, is let's say when you go into the house and the house is in disarray and there's no dinner on the table and only one kid's in pajamas. And so then you have to fix your comments right away in your brain and change it to say, uh, okay, I see things were hectic and you didn't have a chance to clean up today and that doesn't work well, right? If she hears that, that's a neutral remark, but it also could be hurtful to her. So you need a backup plan. Like, you know, you're thinking in your mind to think how great she was organized, but let's say, anticipate, maybe I'm going to come in and and things are flying. So then what do you say? So you have a backup plan. Your backup plan is, if things are organized, you'll say, appreciate that. But if things are going in a disarray, then you tell her something different. With a smile, you tell her, I see you had a very rough day, and you seem, seem still seem very calm, you're smiling, and, and it's it's an unbelievable thing. I'm a very happy to see you. And and something like that. Now, it seems awkward. 
it seems like also that you're faking it. You know, that's why I think some men are hesitant to give this verbal encouragement because they say it feels phony. It feels not genuine. And maybe like all of a sudden she's saying like, what, 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 you know, what, what got into him? But, you know, if she's not used to it. But they need to hear these things. You need to say these things. And even now, if you're totally insincere, your wife will see through them. That's of course. But when you force yourself to say it, and in your mind you have that you really want to compliment your wife, your wife that you are looking to, to discover good things about her, and you practice that more, and you'll find more to praise, then she will be accepting to it. And after a while, she'll realize this is not insincere. This is very sincere. In the beginning, it has to be forced simply by the fact that you're not used to verbalizing things this way. And you're not used to complimenting your wife this way. Now, sometimes giving gifts is is also something. You know, that's one of the love languages also. And it's true. It's true. For some wise, it's important. You use your hard-earned money to give a gift. And there's place for that. Yontav especially, other times. And to give an actual gift, is physical gift, is a good thing. But the truth is, it's not just the gift itself that really is the main thing, but it's your effort in putting it together in spending the time trying to purchase it and putting thought into it was behind it. The heart and mind behind that gift is more important than the gift itself. The effort you put into the gift for your wife means more to your wife than the gift itself. So when you want to give your wife anniversary present, you have to speak to, let's say, her mother or sister or someone who knows her well until you know what to buy. Check out the stores and try to figure it out. And then you give it to her. Now, let's say you did all this and and she gets the gift and she's not so thrilled about it. The, the gift itself, she's not so thrilled about it. So she may not be. But if she learns and hears it... So though not thrilled about the gift, but if she later finds out how you took all the trouble talking to her her mother, talking to her sister, going through shops, her appreciation will be off the charts. Even if she didn't particularly like the gift at the end, she'll be so enamored. Or the card. The effort of writing a card or buying the right card and, and so on and so forth where it's not the gift necessarily, but it's the accompanying gesture that went along with the gift. The sign of love that connects that gift to what you want to convey. And when you do give the gift, let's say you write a card, try to make it a personalized card. If you have a hush in writing, try to write something beautiful, a nice poem, a nice expression... And I think, honestly, that even if you're not into the writing or you never were like a way, but if you do that, or sometimes try it, even if it's hard to say something, write it down and give it to your wife. It'll do wonders. It's very, very important. Thank you is another way of expressing appreciation. Rabbi Yitzhak Hutner, looking Pachad Yitzchak on Hanukkah, Maimer Beis, Perak Beis, Look at the Prisha on the Torah, Rechaim, Simon Vav, Sif Hay, about thank you.
and about the fact that Hoidah is not just thanking, but it's admitting or recognizing. So, for example, when we say Moidanachnu Lach Sha'atahu and so on in Shemayna Esrei, in Moidim, what are we saying? We're thanking Hashem, yes, but we're admitting. I am admitting and I am recognizing that you, Hashem, are is the eternal God. Noidalacha, unasaper, and so on. Thanking Hashem for all the miracles. On the miracles that you perform for us daily. So it's not just derech eretz to give hayda. It's a sincere recognition that someone fulfilled your need. Now, it's awkward to thank your wife all the time. You're there all the time. It may seem repetitious, but you say it often. Sometimes also it's the ego involved. It's very hard to say thank you to your wife because it makes you feel not self-sufficient or vulnerable. I'm thanking you because I, I, I needed something from you that I needed, that you provided for me, and I'm thanking you for it. For some husbands, the ego kicks in, the gaiva, however you want to put it, where you feel uncomfortable because when you're saying thank you, you're acknowledging that you were needed to be macabre something, to receive something from your wife that she provided for you. And by saying thank you, why, why it's so hard for many husbands to do so, is because at the same time that you're saying thank you, you're admitting you provided a need and you fulfilled a need that I needed, that I couldn't fulfill myself and you did it for me. So I thank you for that. But you have to get past that ego and you have to get past that and develop that humility and that vulnerability. And when you know it's right to say thank you for your wife, for helping you, you thank her sincerely. It's not her job or obligation to do everything she constantly does for you. And that's why she deserves your thank. So that's why Haida, in a deep sense, means admission. You're being mighty. You're admitting. You're acknowledging. You're, you're thanking God's full of Akar Satayif. But you're also th- admitting the fact that, yes, there's something that I really needed and my wife provided it for me. And I thank you for it. Now this particular shear is not on sex or physical intimacy but frankly part of it also is that when you are intimate together and afterwards it's very very important to say thank you and that's when you're most vulnerable because here you're acknowledging you're acknowledging that yes this aina that you're providing for her and fulfilling her needs, but ultimately you know that your needs are also being met physically and hopefully emotionally too. And it's hard to say the words out of your mouth sometimes as a husband, and especially one that's more assertive and more not wanting to normally want to show authority and want to show that they're they don't need anybody or they're more in, independent and, 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 and it's a sign of weakness to feel, to express that you needed something or to even say thank you that you needed something. And over here in the intimate area, it's mostly, it's, it's even more sensitive. And it takes a very mature-minded 
courageous in certain sense, that when she provided for you and back and forth and the warmth and everything is to really express hakaras atayv to your wife for being intimate with you in the way that she was and in particulars that you could mention, that you were allowed to and should mention in the privacy between you and her. And that expression of hakaras atayv is very, very important. I'm not going to get into it right now, but not just on the physical aspects, but on very other aspects, sometimes it is the right time to express Akaras Ataif. And in that time, especially, that will be a Pesach to create a lot of healing in marriage and a lot of deep, deep connection in marriage. If you could get yourself to actually find the willpower and acknowledgement to be able to do it. And again, it sounds simple, but very often you say thank you and then you move away from it. And you, But to really do it sincerely with the right verbal expression of it, especially in the intimate life, it's very, very, very important to do, to say thank you. And it's an admission, it takes achna, because you're acknowledging that you, you, you received something that you needed and that she provided it for you. And you thank her for it. That takes courage. For many men, it's not easy to do. It takes courage, especially in the intimate aspect of life, in the sexual aspect of life. But it's very, very important to express that. Hatzlach and bracha.